Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Alex Goldfain today. Alex Goldfain, he grows companies. He's the CEO of Revenue Growth Consultancy, and they basically work with organizations to implement systems of remote and proactive selling, increasing sales by up to 10 to 20% in new business annually. Um, not only does he actually implement the systems, his brand new book, Five Minutes Selling for His Clients, but he also applies the approaches to his own firm, one of the highest grossing, most successful solo consulting practices of any kind in America. Alex's brand new book, Five Minute Selling, is out now in the UK and the USA. So today we're gonna to be talking all about the book, actionable tips in sales and marketing that you can apply to your own business, to your own sales, to make it happen from today. Alex, a very warm welcome to the show, sir. Sam, you thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm grateful, thank you. No worries, dude. So looking forward to our chat today. Um, there's gonna be plenty for ourselves to go through. And we'll have a little Q&A at the end for everyone tuning in to ask any questions to yourself. Before we get to this juicy info, we'd love to know a bit of background on yourself, really, Alex. So it'd be good to know a bit, bit more about you. So your background, where you grew up, um, perhaps some of the key places you've worked at up to starting your own company and any lessons you could share with us in sales, marketing or, or business in general, sir. Uh, sure. So uh, I've never had a job. Uh, so I've always been in business. Okay. Uh, I started my first company, I think, when I was 20 years old, and, and I've been in business ever since. So I'm, I'm, I've been an entrepreneur uh, my whole career. Uh, sometimes it would be nice to get paid every two weeks, Sam, but like, <laughs> especially now during a pandemic. Uh, but, you know, there, it, it, look, everything's a trade off, right? So there's lots of great things about running your own consulting practice, which is what I do now. Uh, and, so going all the way back, I don't know how far you want me to go, but I had a computer training business when I was 20. I was in grad school for clinical psychology, and I had a computer training company. That okay. company grew uh, up to about 12 people. So I ended up about uh, 24 years old, 12 people, and we were teaching the customers of, of our clients, right? So they would make a custom right. software and we would learn it and we would create material, course material, then we'd go and teach it. And I had, again, I was 24. I had people working for me who were in their 50s, you know, 40s, and they were managing me. I wasn't managing them, you know? <laughs> uh, big, biz, big, big business for a kid, uh, mm. but, but um, you know, I was the only salesperson. And okay. I remember we had, we had, a, we had a headquarters in, in one town here in Chicago is where I live. We had a training center in the loop, which is downtown Chicago, right off the, the, the main train station. Yep. And all the staff and all that office space, I remember it cost me something like $80,000 a month just to open the doors, right? That was, that was the overhead. Cause it was nice space cause it was training center, right? So everybody was coming to the space. So it had to be nice. And it was so hard to keep it afloat. And when the internet bubble burst, it all, it all sort of went away, you know, and I was 24 years old. And I remember the week before our wedding, literally in the week before our wedding, my dad and I were moving out furniture from this office. And it was, it was, um, it was a gigantic failure, really my first proper major failure in life, right? The first of many. Um, but everything before it sort of worked, right? I was going to uh, say, you must have learned a lot though, Alex, especially if you, I think you said you grew to 12 staff or so. And you're yeah. only 20 years old and you're renting a place that is $80,000 or so. So you must have been doing something right. Well, I, 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 I certainly learned a lot. And mm. I remember promising myself back then I'll never have staff again. That's what I said <laughs> as a 24-year-old. As a really? It's just so miserable, man. It's the week before your wedding, you know, and you're moving this, this furniture out with your dad on your back, loading up a freaking U-Haul, you know. Um, and it's been... It's been 20 years. Uh, tomorrow's my birthday. I'm going to be uh, 44 years old. So it's been it's exactly 20 years. Oh, happy and birthday I have, never, I have never had a, another full-time employee since that time. Really? Uh, so I've been, I've been in business ever since. 
Uh, I run a solo consulting practice. You know, the last two years, it was a $3 million business, actually bigger than those companies with, with the 12, 13 people that were in them, actually <laughs> grossing more sales solo. I have a lot of people that I work with. I have, a, I have an executive admin who works half time with me. I have lots of other people who help me. Uh, but I've been working from home ever since. It was, it was a lesson that was seared into me. And, yeah, yeah. and and it still stays. I don't know if this is what you were looking for, but that's, this is that's exactly what I'm after, man. I like we like myself and the audience like the raw truth, and um, I'm much the same as you. I work at home, whilst we've got a small team. I I know the the issues that can arise with managing a large team and payroll and all these all these kind of things that you forget about until you start your own company. So it's it's interesting you should say that. So okay, so you did that for a while. And then you, you've had various in businesses in between kind of starting your, your own business now, have you? And it's, a solo business rather. It's, yeah, the business I'm doing now is about 12 years old. I've been doing this for, for you know, most of those 20 years. And it's interesting. We, uh, in, in Chicago, our baseball team is the Chicago Cubs. And yep. the Chicago Cubs have a president who, who runs baseball. His name is Theo Epstein. And I don't know okay. if any of this makes any sense to, 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 to the British with us, uh, but... I think the quote will, he says, growth isn't linear. <clears throat> growth isn't linear, you know? And so, and he's talking about baseball players, but, you know, development doesn't go like this, right? And it's the same in sales and it's the same in, in, in you know, um, business growth. It, it kind of goes like this and you hope that it goes like this in an upper trend, you know? And I know that there's been... Um, multiple times in our lives, my wife and I, where uh, we've been out of money. Now, luckily, it's been a while, right? It's been, it, it's been many years. But we've had times when, when literally there was no money left in the bank. And if I didn't sell it that week, we wouldn't have been able to pay the bills. So, you know, when I write about sales growth, uh, you know, my, my, my last book he, here over this shoulder, Selling Boldly, and then my current book, Five Minute Selling, which we're going to talk about today, which is just today's the launch day in the U.S. for this. Um, I mean, it's based on things that I do. And it's also based on things that all of my clients do. And as you said in the beginning, my clients average 10 to 20% new additional growth directly from this work. And we know because we track it. We, we, we tie dollars to the actions they take that are in this book. And so for everybody listening, everything I do with my clients, so I work with teams, I work with organizations of sales teams. And you know, a company hires me, and then if you're on the sales team, we get to work together. But if you're not, we don't get to work together. This is a book that's for you, the individual. So I wrote this so you can do everything my clients are doing if you want to, apply it to your work and to your selling, and grow like crazy. And so in five combined proactive minutes a day, I've seen salespeople double their sales. Sam, I've seen them triple their sales. In five total minutes. Now, I know it seems crazy, but look, in five minutes. That. Does it? <laughs> it does indeed. In five minutes, I can leave 10 voice messages, for example. Right? Okay. 30 seconds. It was, I have a script in here. There's a lot of scripts in here. So there's, there's what to say. And if you leave 10 voicemails a day, the way that I write it up here to people that, you know, so not cold calls, but people who know your name, Sam, and whose, whose name, you know, uh, I average one half to, to two thirds, call me back so that we have a nice conversation together. So if you do 10 a day in your five minutes, if that's what you choose to do, the book has 16 things like that, that you can do. Got it. And the, the idea is you want to mix them up. You don't want to do just one thing. You want to mix them up. But just for this example, 10 calls a day. Let's say you get all voicemails. That's 50 a week, 200 a month, 2,400 a year. A half to two-thirds will call you back. Let's just say a half. Let's say uh, a half of 2,400 is 1,200. Let's round down to 1,000, right? 40%. 40% will call you back. Sam, that's 1,000 conversations in a year. Proactively... And the key here is you make the calls when nothing is wrong. Customers only hear from us salespeople when something is wrong. I screwed it up. I can't get it to you on time. Um, uh, the price is going up, right? Aren't you glad I called? The price is going up. 
They only hear from us when something is wrong. I'm saying call people that you know, customers and prospects, when nothing is wrong and connect with them and tell them you want to help them. And nobody will say to you, no, I'd rather you not make my life easier today. Everybody wants to be helped because we don't have a lot of people like this in our lives. Got it. So we're talking about being proactive. A, a system of proactivity, being systematically proactive. Um, the difference is what the math we just went through, right? The difference is thousands of actions a year or out of system. We kind of make a call when we think of it, you know, when we happen to think of it. And so now you're in the single digit calls a month, right? Um, the, the, the key, the system is the key. Uh, so a little bit every day, all the time. That's the key. All the actions are simple. All the actions are fast and none of them cost any money to do. Good but on, the key is a little bit every day, all the time. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to jump into to five minutes selling and we'll, we'll thrash out perhaps some actionable tips, some sneak previews that everyone tuning in live or tuning in on the podcast after can, can take away and can, can put into action. Um, what I'm quite interested to know before we jump into this stuff, um, Alex, is so you've, you've built up your business over the last 12 years or so, and you've said you've built it into kind of million, millions or so of dollars in terms of revenue, which is awesome, uh, especially as you're, you're on a solo consultancy. So it'd be interesting to know how you've, how you've actually made that happen. Perhaps you could share with us some of the strategies you've actually put into play, sure. uh, be it from a sales perspective be it from offline marketing or also digital marketing, which we're always interested to talk about on the show. Yeah. Great to learn. So mostly Sam by speaking. Uh, so for me, speaking right. is, is my social media. Um, I'm not terribly good on actual social media, but uh, you know, last year I, t I tend to do in normal times, I tend to do like 75 to a hundred keynote speeches, seminars, workshops, and in the audience sit my prospects and um, some of them become my clients. And really that's been the key to my business growth. If I look at my calendar and I see speeches, I know my business is growing. You know, these days you look at your calendar and you see interviews and podcasts and webinars, right? So, sure. um, so, so that's, you know, kind of in, in, in a short, simple answer, speaking as has grown my business, right? Not emailing, um, not social media, speaking has. Got it, okay. And is that something you've you've actively sought out? Is that something you knew there was gonna be a, a good strategy or is it something you've tried several strategies over the years and that's just just one that's that's proven to, to bring, bring leads in, bring new clients your way? Yeah, I think all of that, Sam. I think, um, I think it's, it's worked well for me uh, from the beginning, but I've, I've kind of streamlined and improved my, my process for it, for, for bringing people from being in the audience to, to becoming a prospect and then a client. Um, I think that, um, I, and, and, and it is intentional. So, so I do things in my work, uh, only that I like. So I've, I've created my business around stuff I like to do. If I don't like to do it, I'm really good at avoiding it like if i have to do something i don't yeah. like i'm really really good at procrastinating on that thing like crazy right same so, since we're in business we don't have to do the things we don't like right so either i find somebody who's good at doing that thing and enjoys it and they do it for me or it, it turns out sometimes that the things which we avoid actually don't have to get done at all like nothing terrible happens if you just scr scratch it off the list, you know? So either I don't do it or I find somebody better to do it. One more point about this. Um, have you ever avoided something for like months, weeks, months, and it's been in your head, you know, that you have to, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And it's been, literally been in your head for weeks or months. And then you finally get to doing it. You finally sit down to do it. And you're like, okay, I'm doing it. And it takes like 10 minutes to do, you know? And you're done, 15 minutes. It's over. It's been in your head for months, right? So, and I'm good at doing this. Like I'm good at avoiding things like that for that long. So don't let it live in your head, right? Either do it and get through it, scratch it off the list 
if it's been there for months and it hasn't been done and you're still alive, right? It probably doesn't really have to get done. Or find somebody good to do it and let them handle it. So true, man. Did exactly the same with this podcast like I was talking to you before the show. I found that it was editing and producing all the episodes after, chopping them all up, making sure that all the sound was was right, doing the subtitles, doing the videos, just took too much of my time. And it was kind of breaking into my selling time, my business time. So I just got a friend that I knew was enjoyed this kind of media work and just pay him every month to do it. It means I've got more free time to, to focus on kind of what I want to be doing. So yeah, that, that rings true. And I'm sure it's something that's going to resonate with, with everyone tuning in. Interesting, dude. And I know um, kind of to talk about digital, I know you're pretty active on LinkedIn. I know you're putting out a lot of video content there and on YouTube I've seen as well. So is that something that's, that's helped your growth, that's helped your own business? You know, it's a place, I think, like with the books, um, it's a place to, to connect with people and, and just, I'm just trying to help as many people as I can, you know, uh, consulting projects are great if you happen to work at those companies. Uh, and, and, and it's, it's a place to, to put out as much value as we can. Uh, to help as many people as we can. And that's kind of how I think about them. I know there's probably a better way to think about them, you know, as a conversion tool and so forth. But I don't think a lot about conversion. I think about um, helping as many people as, as, as we can reach. And it's one good way to reach people, right? And my normal way to reach people uh, during the pandemic has, has been, you know, not just diminished, but all but gone. Uh, sure. So, uh, and, and I think these things will continue even when we get back to normal times. You know, I think there's a lot of value uh, in in putting out as much helpful material as you can. Makes sense. Makes sense, man. Okay. Yeah, I like I like that approach, the helpful material, because there's a lot of nonsense that goes out. So making it actually helpful for, for people you want to engage with is, is, is a good way of putting it. All right, let's jump into to the book, Alex. Five Minutes Selling, as you said, is, is out now in the UK, out now in the US. Um, so it'd be awesome if we could go through, because you said at the start there's, there's a whole bunch of five-minute yeah. daily tasks that we can put into play um, and, yeah, essentially improve ourselves. So perhaps we could talk through, without giving spo- giving away spoilers and giving away too much of the book, perhaps we could chat us through. Um, I know just now we talked about some of the systems, but maybe some of the key systems that people tuning in could, could implement or some yeah. tasters that we can take away from today. Yeah, sure. So, look, when you... Uh, make a call when you think about it randomly and you just do it once in a while it's action it's an action and it's like a snowflake that falls to the ground and melts and it's gone right but when you do it in system like we talked about hmm. five minutes 10 a day right 50 a week 200 200 a month 2400 a year you have a blizzard you don't have snowflakes you have a blizzard of activity of phone calls of of opening new business of progressing business of closing business. If you connect with a thousand people to have a conversation with them this year, there is no possible way for you to not sell more. You couldn't, if you tried not to sell more, you couldn't do it. If you're talking to a thousand people more this year than you did last year, right? So to that end, the book, Sam, is based on two planners and two trackers. So, and you could go to my website and download these. So, I'm just going to hold one up here. I know some of you are listening on audio and some are looking at the video, but there's a proactive call planner, for example, on this side of the page. And then on this side of the page, there is a weekly follow-up planner. And the idea is at the beginning of the week, sit down for five minutes and write down who to call this week. I feel like most people don't make proactive phone calls when nothing is wrong systematically because we don't know who to call. This is how complicated my stuff is, right? We don't make calls because we don't think through who to call. And look, we're surrounded by names and numbers. Email is is a list of names and numbers, right? Thousands of them. Text messages, names and numbers. Uh, CRM system, names and numbers. But unless you use that CRM perfectly, and almost nobody does, uh, we have nothing in our lives that gives us a list of who to call, right? So unless we put five minutes into creating that list, five minutes, not 50, not five hours, five minutes, and you can in five minutes, you could probably write down 25 names, 20 names, because it's open book. Or this is not a closed book test that you're being graded on, right? 
It's look at everything and write down who you want to connect with. And so, Got the, it. so we're talking plan- about ideal prospects here, Alex. So, are we talking about existing clients? Or? Uh, yes, we're talking about, I think, mostly, I think the, the category that, that brings everybody into it is we're talking about people whose names you know okay. and people who would recognize your name. And we're not talking about cold calls. Right. That's right. the key. We're not talking about cold calls, even though today I don't even think we have cold calls anymore, Sam, because we're all living through the damn pandemic. You know, we're all living through the same thing. So you and I could spend a half an hour talking about everything we have in common. Right. How's your family? How are the kids? What happened in the summer for them? Did they have activities? What about school? Are they going to school? Are they remote? Are they virtual? Right. What are you guys doing for your company? You already told me you're, you work from home, but are people going into the office or, or is everybody working from home? You and I can talk for half an hour about that. We don't know each other at all, right? So there are no cold calls. Sure. Back, to, back to who to call. Call people you know. Uh, so the call planner that you can download has um, eight different kinds of people you can write down. So for example, customers you haven't talked to for three months or more. It's a great group of people to call because they're not calling you and you're not calling them either, right? So right now, try to think of five customers you haven't talked to in three months or more. It's hard to do. You can't do it because they're not in your head. Another category is um, customers who used to buy but stopped. They went away. Again, try thinking about five people like that. You can't do it because you're not talking to them. For most salespeople, like 90 to 95% of us, we work reactively, reactively, which means the phone rings, we pick it up, we take the order, or we help the customer with what they need. We're in the customer service business. We have to help the customer, right? There's no choice. We can't say, I'm sorry, I'm doing my proactive work right now. I can't help you. Yeah, let me jump in there, Alex, before we carry on. So I, I'm often guilty of this, being, being reactive. So I'll, I'll often wake up, and I'll have a page, sometimes even two full pages worth of emails. Some of that might be new business inquiries. Some of them might be leads. Some of them might be my existing clients. Some of them might be my own team. Um, so there are a whole bunch of kind of new leads, existing customers, own internal issues, all this kind of stuff. So how should we as sales professionals, as business owners, or even marketers prioritize this kind of stuff? Or should we just go straight into our five-minute list building for the day? Or should we go into prospecting? Or should we be... How should we prioritize is the question, I guess. So look, um, you have to do that work, right? We can't not do that work unless we come back to the earlier part of our conversation, which is you yeah. find an admin to, to get through it for you, right? Um, and but, but only some of us can do that, right? You and I can do that because we run a business. But a lot of the salespeople listening to us, they don't have that option, you know? Um, so I think you have to do that work. And the beauty of five-minute selling is I'm not suggesting you tear down your current system and rebuild it. I'm not saying you're doing it wrong. I think you're doing it quite right. You know, if you've been in business, if you've been in sales for any amount of time, I think you're doing it plenty right, right? I think we need to infuse, um, superimpose five proactive minutes on top of all that reactive work that you're doing. And that will make you stand out, Sam, from the 90 to 95% of salespeople who are purely reactive. I'm telling you those five minutes a day will separate you from the competition. So if I called you, here's what you say. Sam, it's Alex. Uh, I was thinking about you, man. How's your family? Because remember, we know each other, right? You recognize me. I know who you are. Uh, How's your family? How was the summer, right? What are they doing in the fall for school? And listen, I was just wondering, what are you working on these days that I can help you with? Right? That's the language. And when you call somebody like that, Nobody's going to say to you, no, I'd rather you not make my life easier today. They're going to say, oh, my God, this person wants to help me, right? And they don't have anybody like this. See, we think their phones are ringing off the hook. They are not. They are not ringing off the hook. Nobody's calling people. If you talk to your customers, they will tell you that the only calls they get is from people who want something or need something. But somebody who calls when nothing is wrong, that's the key, when nothing is wrong. To ask how you can help. What are you working on these days that I can help with? What do you need quoted? Uh, What's on your wish list? 
What do you buy from others that I can help you with? Because we're talking on the phone now. We're together now. Why should you have to think about it again later in the day? Let me help you with it. You got me now. Let me help you. I want to help you. Um, people are going to be like, holy smokes, right? This, this is special. They're not used to it. No. It's singular. And they will literally feel like they owe you business, Sam. They're going to be racking their head on, on, well, what can I come up with to give to Sam so that, so that he can help me? Right? They'll be trying to find places for you to help because you're there. And they'll say, well, what about this? And what about that? And they're going to come up with stuff you don't even know to ask about, which is the beauty of this. So, so that's how it works. Yeah, it sounds so simple as well. So we, are we talking usually doing this kind of first thing in the morning or perhaps on the weekend prepping it, Alex, in terms of getting this list of people that you already know? They might be existing clients or they might be people you're already talking to. And then, yeah, making the list of the names and the numbers Calling them obviously out of the blue. There's no issue. There's there's nothing that's wrong. It's more just uh, you're getting in touch with them. You're asking them about themselves, what's going on with them, and then if there's anything you can help with. So it's it's pretty simple. Um, is it just something you, thr- you you recommend people thrash out at the start of their day, or just make time for each and every day, or is it that kind of thing? So you you put your lists together at the start of the week. Again, five minutes total. You can do it Sunday night, Monday morning, however you like, and then. Uh, if if the if proactive calls out is what you're doing, first thing in the morning is best. Uh, so Mark Twain said that if you're going to eat a frog, you might as well do it first thing in the morning because it's not going to taste any better in the afternoon, right? And we know, and they said if you got to eat two frogs, eat the bigger one first, which I like, <laughs> right? Eat, eat the hardest, uh, most complicated thing, get it out of the way first. Um, so by two o'clock, it's over. I mean, we're, we're in full reactive mode, right? By 11 o'clock, we're in full reactive mode. It's like working out, you know, for me. Uh, if I don't do it very, very first thing in the morning, it just ain't going to happen. You know, and yeah. I know that, right? And some people have the evening. So, you know, if you miss it at, at your window, it'll never happen, right? Same thing. Uh, so, first thing in the morning, say between 8 and 9.30, that's your window. By 9.30, you know the phone's going to be ringing like crazy, and you're going to be reacting, or perhaps your emails will be coming in, Sam, as you said. So that's when, first thing. And then you've gotten it done, and you're going to feel good. You know, you're going to be happy, you're going to be positive, and it, it's going to improve the rest of your day. Makes sense, man. So get it out of the way. Like you say, I'm much, I'm much the same as you, so I enjoyed that analogy. If I don't if I don't work out first thing in the morning, or sometimes it's got to be on the, in the evening, depending on what's going on with that kid, then uh, it's, it's just not going to happen which is much the same as this. It'll, it'll just take over you. The calls will start coming in. The emails will start coming in. And you'll just, you'll just lose track and it snowballs. Cool. i tell you um, just a quick story. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of podcasts for the book, which is launching now. And mm-hmm. I was just talking to, to, to lots and lots of people setting up these interviews. And only one guy called me. And he called me on the phone and, and he said, Alex, uh, just got your inquiry, wanted to talk for a minute and, you know, see if there's a fit. And he's the only one who called me. And when this is done and it's going to be a year from now, who am I going to remember? Right. I'm going to remember the guy who picked up the phone. Now, I don't know, you know, he wasn't selling me anything, but, um, the person who calls is memorable because nobody does it. You know, the phone now is more important, probably just as important as it was in the eighties, Sam when it was the only thing we had. I would suggest it's more important than Zoom because everybody's Zooming and still nobody's calling. It's interesting. I think it comes down to the fact that the Zoom calls are scheduled almost always. You have to schedule the Zoom call. Yeah, true. But the proactive call, because you're, pro- you're going to get a voicemail and we view voicemail as a rejection. You know, I've been rejected by the person because I got their voicemail. Um, we, it's a lot easier for salespeople to go to Zoom than to go to the phone. And still, in a pandemic, when nobody's seeing anybody, when nobody's traveling, when nobody's running around, Sam, we're all doing the same thing. You're sitting at your desk. I'm sitting at mine. We all have our damn phones right next to us, and nobody's calling my phone. It's silent. Nobody's calling anybody's <laughs> phone. On the phone topic, Alex, I'm, uh, I'm looking at a table of contents for your new book, 5 Minutes Selling, and I'm seeing, yes, you should leave a voicemail. So this is a bit of a controversial topic. So why should we be leaving voicemails? Is it? Um, <laughs> I think you leave a voicemail so they hear your voice, uh, so that they know you tried, so that they hear your name, so that they know that you care. Uh, 
And, you know, look, let everybody else hang up, you know, uh, and, and for, for us, you know, who, who's, whose job it is to help people, um, we're going to leave a message because I want you to know that I called and I want you to know that I tried and I want you to know that I cared. And when you don't leave a message, you don't communicate any of that. Not only that, I want you to hear my name and hear my company name, right? And I want you to know that I want to help you. And I'm going to say that in the voice message, right? I'm actually going to say that. So I think we absolutely should leave a voice message, right? And as I said, when, when you leave these messages, the way that it's written in the book, it's I get 50% to two thirds calling me back. You know, and then the other thing we do is every day. So I, every day I, I, I do five calls. I'll just tell you what I do in my work since, since the speaking went away, right? And that was my business development. And so every day I do five calls. Okay. And then on top of that, we send out seven text messages uh, where we have them or emails trying to schedule a call also. And about half of those turn into a phone call. Cause again, I know these people, right? We know each other. Uh, and when we don't have, so here's the, the list is uh, we text. If we don't have a text, we send a LinkedIn message. If we don't have a LinkedIn message, for some reason, we email is always the last damn thing on the list. It's the last option. Always sending an email is almost the same thing as doing nothing. That's how useless it is for B2B sales. Almost the same thing as doing nothing. Um, so, so seven requests for a conversation, five actual calls. That's 12 communications a day, right? That's 60 in a week, um, 300 in a month. I, I mean, how can my business not do okay if I'm doing that? Just small actions each and every day, it sounds like. The system, man. It's all about the system. It's all about doing things in process and not doing it for a day or two or stopping, which is how most people do things. Got so it, man. Has, it's got the tools. And look, if you want to grow sales, here it all is on a silver platter, right? I'm holding the book up. The book is the platter. And, and just do these things. But this is, I, I say to every audience, you know, that I do these, these uh, workshops and speeches in. Um, everything we've talked about here, Sam, the people watching us or listening to us, they probably already know these things, you know, they probably already know them. And so, and I know that, you know, that the phone call is better than the email. I mean, who doesn't know that a phone call is more effective than email, right? Everybody knows, but knowing doesn't make us any money. It's the doing that makes the money. And so it's not enough to buy the book and read the book. I want you to do the damn book. Right, I've got chapter two. It's called "I Don't Want You to Read the Book. I Want You to Do the Book." You got to do the work. People say, "What's what's the secret, Alex?" Everybody grows. Look, I got a three hundred million dollar manufacturer client right now, and they're up sixty percent in California, seventy percent in the Northeast. They're up sixty percent in the South. They're and they're a three hundred million dollar business. This is how much my clients grow. And people are like, "What's the magic bullet?" You know, my answer is there is no bullet. The magic. The secret, it's the work. The work is the secret. The grind is the secret. We've got to do the work. You know what to do. We've got to do it. We've got to talk to people. Look, and the reason we don't do it is fear. We don't want to be rejected. And so the answer is the phone call, one call, one good conversation, one positive interaction. Uh, you're going to feel good. You're going to be enthusiastic. You're going to connect with people. Look, the phone calls everybody is having right now, they're longer, they're deeper, they're better. Um, you connect more with people because nobody's talking to anybody like that. One phone call will get you out of the vicious circle of avoiding conversations, avoiding proactive action, not doing it because of fear. And it will move you into the success circle of having conversations um, uh, creating good results, generating activity, telling people you want to help them, and then responding positively to that. One call is the answer to get you from the vicious circle to the success circle. Is this not something you can do with a LinkedIn message? <laughs> um, I'm hoping you're going to take the bait. You're, you're hoping what? I'm hoping you'll take the bait. Uh, it's a softball, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> do you all have softball in the UK? Is that something you guys do? I think it's, is it similar to baseball? Yeah, but with a big softball. Ah, uh, right, okay. Get I, it? I don't know if we do. I'm not sure we have that. You don't have that. <laughs> um, so I guess in soccer, it would be a free kick without a goalie, right? Uh, so look, you can't do it with a LinkedIn message because on a LinkedIn message, uh, they can't hear your voice. On a LinkedIn message, you can't ask questions and hear answers. On a LinkedIn message, um, 
you know, you can't put your feet up on your desk and, and just relax into a conversation, you know, and ask about their kids. And, um, and plus look at your damn LinkedIn inbox, you know, and look at all, all the crap, the automatic junk in there. Is that where you want to be? Right. Is that what you want to be one of? I would like to be the only person calling your phone as opposed to one of a thousand people in your LinkedIn inbox. So when you want to think about, when you think about sales growth, think about how do you stand out from the crowd? And I would suggest that it's really easy. And the answer is proactively communicating to people that you want to help them and being present. Um, Look, I'm not suggesting anybody needs to care more. I think you all care more than enough. We all care a lot about our customers, a lot. What I am suggesting is we need to communicate that care a little bit more. Communicate that care. So tell people that you care. Because if you care in silence, nobody knows, right? It's like a tree falling in the forest. Who knows that you care? Nobody knows. I'm not not telling anybody. I'm not present. I'm not showing up. I'm not calling. Nobody knows. If you send a LinkedIn message, that's not care, right? (laughs) That's fearful, timid, you know, uh, uh, careful rejection avoidance. That's what that is. So, Got it. And I love the point about standing out from the crowd. Now, Alex, let's, so there's 16 different actions. We've talked about some of them. Without giving too much away, as, as I've been saying, is there perhaps one more action that you could share with us that the audience can, can take away? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I never worry about oversharing. I'm, I'm oh, happy. in that case, let's go through all 16. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to, to, to give everything. <laughs> sure. So uh, the quote follow-up or the proposal follow-up. You've sent your quote or proposal, right? And each of these things is a chapter in the book, right? So all the different proactive call actions we talked about, each of those is a chapter. The quote follow-up is a chapter. They don't need a chapter. They need a paragraph. But I was writing a book and they made me write chapters, right? So because we know everybody knows how to follow up on a quote. But if you think it through, you've sent the quote or the proposal, right? The customer asked you for it. You've done all the work. You've done 99% of the work. 99%. Um, You've built a relationship. You know, you've served the customer. They came to you for something. You stopped what you were doing. You wrote up your quote or your proposal. Now they have it and they're being silent, right? And we don't want most salespeople, just with what we've talked about already about fear of rejection, most salespeople don't follow up on that because they don't want to hear a no. We'd rather not ask for the yes because we're afraid of hearing a no. Because if you reject me, Sam, I'm going to die. And when I die, my family won't be able to afford our house anymore. And then the kids won't be able to eat right? This is how big the fear is. Now, we don't think in those words, right? I exaggerate for effect, but it's fast that the fear is is not even milliseconds. It's microseconds in our head. It's automatic. It's automatic thinking. It's in our subconscious, and it stops us from doing the follow-up and asking for the business. And so when you reach out to somebody and say, Sam, where are you at in that quote? I was thinking about you, right? I'd love to help you with that. That three-second follow-up will close 20 to 30% of what's outstanding. And we know this statistically. Um, and it's the last 1%. You know, you've done months of work. This is three seconds to get the business. Get the business that you deserve. You know, you deserve that, that business. And they deserve your help. Line is, it's quite proven to, to close businesses, Alex. That what, the, the line that I said? Mm. Yeah, let's, let's I, I mean, just, just any... Any line, you know, the language is less important than than the gesture of 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 showing up and saying, "I want to help you." Now, where are you at on that? It's this is important to me, right? It's important to me to help you. Um, so that you know, the the, the gesture is critical, and these things are proven. You know, we know twenty to thirty percent of quotes will close. We know that twenty percent of did you know questions turn into business. Did you know I can also help you with X or Y or Z? Another three second effort, right? So. Sam, ask me a did you know question about web choice. What can you do for me? Did you know we did SEO? No, I didn't know. Ask me another one. What's another thing? Did you know we build websites that convert visitors into customers or new leads? Beautiful. Now, can you give me three more? Can you give me three more different things that you do? Sure. Did Did you know know? we do paid ads? Did you know we did social media? Did you know we can become your full outsourced marketing agency? So that's great. So (laughs) that's five things. Right now, I'm assuming I'm pulling the audience too much. Assuming we're talking in an actual business conversation, right? You asked me five did you knows. We know statistically that 20% of them will close. 20% of did you knows close. So you asked me five and I pushed you to five so we can get one, right? One is 20%. Uh, 
That's how long this takes, Sam. If you're listening to us, if you're watching us, that's how hard this is. Ask in system. There's a whole there's a whole chapter on did you know questions too. That's you firing services at me. The uh, another action is the reverse did you know question, which is you asking me what I need. So I would say to you, Sam, what other online services for your website or for your brand do you need? Or have you been thinking about? Or might you be looking for? And then I would shut up and I would let you think about the answer and tell me the answer. So the reverse did you know question asks the customer to name what they're looking for to you. Some of my clients say, what else do you need quoted? Some of my clients say, what other projects do you have coming up? One of my clients was telling a story in a workshop. He said, uh, what, um, he said to his customer, uh, what's on your wish list? The great line. He said, it, she started naming things and he's like, she was saying so many things. I couldn't write them down. It was so fast. And so he said, she got to like six or seven things and he goes to her, uh, can you just email me the full list so that, so that <laughs> I can see it all? And she goes, sure, because he's helping her, right? She's perceiving it correctly. He's helping her. So I said, how many things did she email you? He goes, in 15 minutes, she sent me 24 things. 24 That's things. Bad, I said, well, how many have you? He's standing up talking to, to all of his colleagues in the workshop so that they're hearing it too. It's a big part of my process. We marinate people in success. And uh, I said, how many things have you sold? He says, only 18. Only 18 of them. I'm like, dude, you got six more to go. Let's go. Get on it. But look, each of those products, if you sell products, each of those products is a repeat, a repeating order, right? Meaning they're going to, you've just sold the first one, but then they're going to need it again and again and again. And what we're doing is we're stacking repeat orders on top of each other. You probably get paid monthly, Sam, right? There, there's monthly uh, payments in, in your work as you do these services sure. for people. So you're stacking monthly payments on top of each other. You're not stacking a one-month payment or a one-off order. You're stacking repeat business, one on top of the other. And that's how my clients grow so much because we do this in system. Got it. In, on that note, is, is there a certain time period, Alex, that we should be doing this to our contacts, to our existing clients in terms of reaching out? So should we do it every X amount of months or every month continuously or do it one month and leave them for another quarter or that kind of thing? Is there a system in terms of time that we should actually put into it and how often we should communicate with our clients or our prospects? Yeah, like how much time to, to let pass in between communications? Is that what you're asking? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the answer to that depends on the business that you're in and also further mm -hmm. would depend on your customer, you know? So you might have, you know, really good customers who require communication every day, depending on what you do. You might have other customers who, who are medium. Let's say you have one of the things we do is we split up the biggest customers, the mid-sized customers, and then the smallest guys. And we look at who can grow, who can graduate to the next group, right? Um, so I would say different people have different rate or, or spacing of communication. But I would also say, Sam, don't think about it too much. Just help people. Like it's, so not like, actually, it's impossible to over communicate with somebody if it's helpful. I'm trying to help you. You know, I've had, I've had over 10,000 salespeople go through my projects and over the years. And I, I mean, maybe I can count on one hand how many of their customers said to them, stop trying to help me so much. <laughs> and and the, even then it was like a, like a joke. It's a half joke, you know? Nobody will get mad at you if you're trying to honestly help them. And that's the key. So you have to be comfortable, folks, with the fact that you're offering these people incredible value because you are. Right. And I believe that. And Sam believes that. And your customers believe that. And now you have to believe it. So if you're uncomfortable with it, you'll just avoid doing it. And the customer is going to feel your discomfort, too. But if you're comfortable with it and the customer says, well, geez, stop trying to help me. Right. Remember, 10,000 salespeople doing this over over 12 years, which is millions of actions, millions of documented actions on less than, you know, less than five people have said, get out of here. Right. Stop trying to help me. And, and I would suggest for those people, that's their problem. That's not the salesperson's problem. That's their problem. Agreed. Agreed. I love that quote. It's impossible to over-communicate with people uh, when you're being helpful. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Really well said. Stop worrying about it. Awesome, man.
So, um, Alex, we've covered some great ground. And before we tell everyone how they can get their hands on the brand new copy of Five Minutes Selling, um, we do like to ask if there's one thing that businesses can be doing with digital marketing that's going to help them from today, what would you say it was? Ask me again while I think about it. If there's one thing businesses can do what? If there's one thing that businesses can be doing with digital marketing that's going to help them from today, digital what would marketing. you say it was? Got it. Um, I think if you're B2B, I really think the best place for us to be is LinkedIn. And I think, I think our customers are there. That's why it's the best place. We want to go to where the customers are. So I would... I would intentionally look at your LinkedIn system. Again, system. I'm all about systems. Um, and, and make sure you're actively demonstrating what you can do for people on LinkedIn who can buy from you. I think that's your key. As, as there's less and less opportunities to connect with people face-to-face, -face, we have to look for other ways to connect with them, Right. I think your phone is your number one. Uh, and then digital marketing wise, I think look at LinkedIn, not spamming people's inboxes, but as a tool to demonstrate your great value to them. That's why when we talked about LinkedIn at the early part of our conversation, Sam, I said to you, I'm just trying to put as much value as I can out there. I'm just trying to, to, to teach people exactly what they can do to grow their sales. And so I think that's the thing. I don't know if it's the right answer, but I think that's the thing. Sure. And just to dive a bit deeper on that, are you using things that have kind of worked in your own experience? So things that have worked for your own business. And then as, as you, for as an example, Alex, you put out quite a lot of videos I see from your page. Is that just a case of sharing tips that have worked to grow your consultancy over the years and then you're sharing them with your audience or is it something a little different? You know, I, I think videos and, and sort of communicating again value communicating help which is how i think of them i, I think they're helpful in, in in several ways first and and books are the same way you know they're helpful in the moment that people are watching them they're help when you put them out you get um some awareness because you you probably put a link to it or promote it somewhere and then they they stay around forever right so if somebody's researching me if somebody's thinking about working with me uh, and I do big projects with clients the last six months to 12 months, you know, so a lot of this stuff is, 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 you know, making sure that I have um, lots of helpful stuff out there when somebody's making a decision. And what I'll do is I'll, again, I, I try to make it active, not passive. I'll um, send links to things to prospects when, when we're talking about a, a specific project. So I'll go find things that apply to them and I'll send links. Um, you know, just like when my book was, uh, was in the airports where everybody's traveling, right? It's not there anymore because, you know, nobody's traveling. But um, I can't tell you how many clients and prospects take a picture of that book and send it to me. And people almost feel like, people feel almost like, like proud of the fact that their consultant or their advisor is out there like this. And so it's only helpful. And plus you're helping people and that's cool. Love it, man. Love that point that you made about the video in terms of it's something that's always there. So if, if someone does a search on you later in the date, you can they might find you. Or also what I've found with some of the video content that I've put out, be it podcasts or be it other, other video pieces, when I'm talking to people about certain new digital marketing projects, for example, I've probably got a video on it from somewhere. So I can just shoot a little link in the email. I can say, look, I did something about this the other day. Rather than read a lengthy email, just look at this vid, man, or, let, or girl, whoever it is. Just a nice, nice way. The key is um, to get active about it as opposed to passive. You know, mm -hmm. uh, passive marketing rarely generates business now, but active communications generates business now. And so that's what to do. Now, do both, sure. not, not to the exclusion of passive. Do you, we want both. We want to stack both on top of each other. But um, active communication leads to quick wins. Passive communication on its own probably won't lead to many wins at all activity is king everyone you've been tuning into sam's business growth show we sit down with business leaders experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe we find out their story how digital marketing's helped along the way and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business and skyrocket your sales alex we'd like to ask everyone that comes on if you could thank just one person either dead or alive having a positive influence on yourself and your career who would that be and why 
It's a good question. Uh, my dad, uh, alive, 68 years old. I think I got that right. Um, lives 20 minutes from me <clears throat> with my mom. But the reason I say him is uh, when I was two years old in 1978, uh, they, uh, we lived in the Soviet Union. I was born there. And, um, and they dragged our butts out of there. And my dad dragged us out to America, to the enemy. Uh, we came here with $20. That's it. That's all we had. We had 20 bucks US. Um, no language. Didn't know anyone. Uh, traded his engineering job in, in Russia for, um, you know, washing dishes and delivering pizzas. Uh, and we came with 20 bucks. A couple of years ago, he retired as the head of engineering for Baxter Pharmaceutical uh, and their IV lab. And I get to run a $3 million consulting practice. <clears throat> so my dad is who I think for all that. Great stuff, man. Great story. Alex, tell us a bit more about how people can grab themselves a copy of 5-Minute Selling and the best way people can learn from you and connect yeah. from yourself. So 5-Minute Selling is on Amazon, uh, launched today in the U.S. Today as we shoot this on uh, Tuesday, the 25th. Um, launched simultaneously, rarely, in the U.K. and Europe. So they did a, a, a dual print run in the UK and in the US. Most business books are only launched in the US by Wiley. Uh, and then they put them on a boat for four to six weeks and they come to you guys. Um, and then you get them a month and a half later. Well, five minute selling is available now. You can buy it now and get it in a day or two, however long it takes Amazon to deliver where you are. Uh, so go to Amazon and you could buy five minute selling there. If you want those planners and trackers, go to my website, goldfane.com, my last name, goldfane.com will have a link somewhere right sam sure thing that'll um, be in the description and and you could get your free download there you can even get it before you get the book so everything's there awesome man and you're on linkedin as well so if anyone wants to follow you make sure you, you follow alex goldfane on linkedin he's putting out tons of great content in terms of sales and in terms of marketing um but otherwise thank you so much alex really appreciate you coming on the show thank you sir are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers you could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.